Okay, here we go. Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Nun Bez in Maseches Psachim. We begin two lines up from the bottom of Nun Aleph Amad Bez. You might recall, we're learning Perak Makom Shenagu. We're talking about Minhagim. And Barry asked a fundamental question. He said, you're going to make a bracha on a minhag? And we were coming up with ideas. Well, yeah, certainly we, we mentioned Meyer McComas, where we see that we do. We make brachas on minhagim. We treat it like a, like a regular halacha. Uh, is there a better example than our topic today that we start with, which is Yontav Sheni, right? To the extent that Yontav Sheni is a minhag, you're treating the entire day like Yantiv. Now, are we doing it because it's a minhag? Is a minhag of a saint to I'm talking about not when you have an actual suffix, but that's a question in itself, right? There's a nihug that you're doing, right? Um, and is that, is that, is that uh, take on, right? We know Rosh Hashanah, we say that's a Yom Arichta, but we're talking about Pesach, we're talking about Sukkot, as we'll see. Did you know that there's a difference in Sveka de Yoma between Pesach and Sukkot? All right, so that, if you did not know that, then you're in for a treat. Let's begin, without further ado. Amalei Rav Safra. This is a new topic. Talking about Yontav Shani as a minhag. Amalei Rav Safra, the Rebbe Abba, Kigon Anan. Look at, such as ourselves, De'adinan Bikviya De'yarcha. We know, right, when the new month is. Now, you have to see this Tosfos at the bottom of the page before you turn, Andrew. I hear you turning already. Uh... It, you have to look at the bottom over here. This is already getting very, very involved. He doesn't mean, what does it mean? So the, you, could, you could learn it, well, I say you could learn it in the most, in the easiest way to understand it is, we know which, which day it is today, and therefore, how are we knowing? But it's unclear when this was. Right? Why? Because, says Tosvos, In other words, he doesn't mean that we know when the calendar is, because they knew just as we do, do today. By the time, right, that Rav Safra was talking with Biaba, they had a calendar, just like we have a calendar. So it didn't matter whether you were in Chutzlaretz at that point or you are in Eretz Yisrael. They knew when the, the, the Rosh Chodesh was. So why were they doing Trey Yome? Says, so Rabbeinu Tam says, what does he mean? Yadiyah bekvir diyacha? Shayabamokam shishluchay based in Megim, Visham ain oisin ele yom echad. Vahainu bekvir diyacha, Shayayodea, Matai nikva chodesh. The Hasam Lakel and Migzar Shemi Yasam Alacham Yontiv, Shashomim Kiddush Achodesh. Wow. That they lived in a place where the shluchay based in uh, used to go. So what is he saying? He's saying that, the, that when he says, he means that he lived in a place where they used to have the Shluchay Bezdin and therefore it became the Minhag HaMakom. It became the Minhag HaMakom for them to only keep one day. And now he wants to know, right, now that we know that the Kvir Diyarcha, right, he wants to know whether we have to go when he goes to a different place, right, whether when he goes to visit a place where the shluchim did not arrive, so now he wants to know whether he needs to keep his own minhag because he's coming from a place where they, the shluchim did not uh, did arrive, 
and he's going to a place where he did not arrive. I'll explain it a little more, but first we have to arrive at Ninbez and Aleph and see what the question was. So as we arrive at Ninbez and Aleph, it says, Be Yeshuv, there it is, as Andrew aggressively turns this page, Be Yeshuv Lo Avidna. Is it clear, right, that where, so, so, so again, so he says, Be Yeshuv, which means when we get to a second place, he's not asking. The question of Safra is asking is, let's say I go from a place where they only kept one day to a place where they keep two days. So it's obvious that when I go to a public place where they keep two days, that's not my Shiloh. There I'm not going to have any uh, Shiloh. Of course I'm going to keep two days like everybody. Because I don't want to start right doing Malacha while everyone else is not doing Malacha. That's a bad look. However, bar my. The question is, what if I go to a place, not as all the Mepharshim explain, not a real midbar necessarily, it doesn't have to be a desert, it could be a forest, but the point is, if I go to a deserted place where there aren't people, do I keep my minog of knowing, right, of, uh, do I keep my own minog because I know where the Kviyad Yarcha is, which is keep one day, or do I keep two days? So I'm a layer of Safra, Hachiamarvami, be Yeshuv Asur, obviously in the Yeshuv, as you uh, alluded to, as you intuited yourself, right, when you go to a place where they're keeping two days, it would be Asur for you to do Malach on the second day, but midbar mutter. <coughs> when you go to a deserted place, you could actually keep one day. I believe the great Dafyomi master, Rabbi Rosner, himself does this. I know that his cousin, Joe Shulman, our big buddy. You remember Shulman? We used to be on the Zoom with us. So when he comes, right, so he's a, you should, both Rabbi Rosner and Rabbi Shulman at this point, Abnei Eretz Yisrael. So they keep one day. Now when they come sometimes, Pesach, to New York, the whole family rents out a house, like in, in Hashkash, New York, right, where there's nobody in the middle of nowhere, and they keep one day, right? They're in the middle of nowhere. A lot of halachas are related to which areas are considered deserted, but that's deserted enough, right, that there's nobody around. They bring a Sefer Torah. There's nobody there. So they literally, this, it's, it's a type of an application of this, of this Mishnah. Okay? So, so what, what, was we, what were we saying about there was an incredible idea uh, that, that all of the Achronim already asked in the Tosvos, the, the thing I alluded to about the uh, difference between Rosh uh, between Sukkot and Pesach, it's a detail, but it's a fascinating detail. It just shows you how much there is in this whole topic of Yom Tov Sheni, of Shel Goliath, that they were saying that, well, if the case of Rav Safra is a case where he was coming from a place where the Shluchim should, could get to, and now he was going to a place for the, for the rest of Yom Tiv, for the second day of Yom Tiv, where they couldn't get to, so he says, why couldn't the Shluchim get there? In other words, in order for the case to work in the Gemara, according to some of the Achronim, he had to have been going to a place where he could, where he's getting there, but why are the Shluchim not getting there? So the Achronim literally say the following, that do you know that, don't forget, when it comes to Sukkot and it comes to Pesach, right, those are halfway through the month, right? So he gives the Shluchim, unlike Rosh Hashanah, which is a Yom Richta, that gives the Shluchim extra days to get there. But you have more days to get there for Pesach than you do for Sukkot. Why? Because Sukkot, you have the two days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, in addition to Shabbos, that you can't travel. Unlike Pesach, 
where you could travel the entire time. You're losing three travel days for Sukkot. So there were places where the Shlichim were able to get to, right, for Pesach, that they would not reach for Sukkot. And he says, it's those places where Safar is asking the question. Can you imagine? That's, they say, is Pashup Shad in our Gemara. Otherwise, what, what, what's the question? Okay? So it's, it's actually, uh, fascinating. There's a guy in, uh, Dallas. His name is Rabbi Yerachmiel Fried, who was asking, uh, who wrote a sefer, Shriyam Tavshani Kelechosa. Then he wrote a first volume, and then he wrote a second edition, and he wrote a third edition in English. So he writes an introduction to the, to the third edition. He says, there was a long span of years, I don't remember exactly, maybe 15 years, and he was close to Shlomo Zalman Orbach. So he kept coming to him for Ha'aras. And Shlomo Zalman Orbach first gave him a giant Yashikach, and then he gave him another Yashikach, and he said, wow, you, you know, you're really into this. By the third time, he told him, like, basically, get a life, like, Meaning, there's more to life than just Yom Tavshani Shogalias. But it, the way he wrote it in the Sefer was, it, he was so impressed to his credit. Like, he put that in the Sefer. He said, as much as I'm getting into Yom Tavshani Shogalias here, you can get into any topic, uh, in, 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 in the Torah. There's so much depth to this uh, idea of Yom Tavshani Shogalias. Um, so, but, but Rosh Hashanah told him to move on, so we're also going to try to move on here. Okay, we have a little more Yom Tavshani, and then, uh, and then the idea, and then back to Shvius, which is something that we, uh, we'll, we'll mention of Malinowitz, because the Shir is later in Nishmas of Malinowitz over here. Okay. So, again, Yantav Sheni Shogalias. Rav Nasan Bar Asya, Azulma Beirav, Pumpadisa, Yantav Sheni Shalatzeres. So, this was Shvius over there. And amazing. Rav Nasan was traveling on Yantav Sheni. So, apparently, right, he, what was the story there? Why did he not keep? So, again, we, it's, it's a whole to do. Which minog do you follow, right? It's very common today. It's becoming more and more increasing. I know people walking around Yerushalayim from America wearing t-shirts. I follow the Chacham Tzvi. You ever see these t-shirts? They, so they become like in vogue. The sheet of the Chacham Tzvi, Lubavitch follows it also, which is Kedushas HaMakam, right? The minog is you follow the minog of the place. So like if you're in a place where in, in Israel, for example, if you were in Israel, Bizman, Hamikdash, you'd be get, you'd be, you'd know where Yantav is. So therefore that's their heter, so to speak, to keep one day Yantav when they go visit Israel, regardless of where, where they're from. But, you know, that's not necessarily what we, we just learned with regards to Minhagim, that you do the Chumras of Makam She Yatsam Misham and the Makam She, right? And the Makam She that you arrived at. The makam that you left and the makam that you arrived at. So it's not 100%. So here you had Rav Nassim Ba'asya. He, he came, right? So Azulim Bey Ravlapu Padisa, but it's, uh, it, apparently they say that he had to have come, right, from a place where he was keeping one day. And he kept one day, right? Uh, and then he traveled on Yantav Sheni. So he was subject to Kherim. Says the Gemar, Shantay of Yosef. Because he violated Yantiv Sheni, Rabbi Yosef put him in Cherem. So I'm going Abaye, Abaye said to Yosef, Why didn't you instead give him Malkus? So now there's a conversation about what kind of punishment he deserved. Why did you give him Cherem instead of Malkus? Which do, you, which do you think is worse, Kalman? So you would think maybe Mal- Malkus sounds like it hurts more, but the truth is that Cherem was considered much more severe because then you were like excommunicated. Malkus, like you take it on the chin and then you move on. So he says, why didn't you give him the, the, the easier punishment? Malchus, as Rashi says, the last wide line, uh, as he explains, he's explaining a piece a little bit later in the Gemara. Tamich Asarach in Eretz Yisrael, how you nimnim the hakos of lolindoso. They used to give him Malchus. They used to not give him cherim. Mishum deshamta chamura. 
because cherem is worse. Bechoshen lechvada Torah. In Eretz Yisrael, they used to, because of kavada Torah, they didn't want to excommunicate these guys, and rather they would give him malchus. So he says, "Well, nagei managidi, why didn't you just give him malchus?" So Amalei adifa avdilei. I gave him the worst one. I gave him the cherem on purpose. Why? Right? Because in Marava, right, which is Eretz Yisrael, they usually give the Malkus, right? But here, and, and they don't want to give the, the cherem. But here, uh, and that's how we know that the cherem is more chamer, because that's what Rashi just explained. We know that the cherem is more chamer because in Eretz Yisrael they had more kavanatari for them. Uh, it's not the case today, by the way, in Eretz Yisrael. Today, if like if 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 they've heard about you, you then you've probably gotten put in the from someone. Um, but but um, but in those days, because of the Kavadat Torah, they would rather give them Malkus. Okay, then just another way of saying this story. army Some related the story as follows: Nagdei Rabbi Yosef, and Yosef was himself the one, right? Uh, that, that again, he, that instead of giving him the uh, the Yosef, instead of giving him the cherem, gave him the mal- actually gave him the malchus. And Amalei Abaye, into that Abaye said, Nishmatei Mar. Maybe instead of giving me the malchus, you should give me the cherem. So the other way around. But the lesson was the same. Why did Abaye suggest, according to the second version, cherem? Uh, the Rav Shmuel, the because Rav Shmuel both said, Menadin al Yom Tov Shel They themselves said that you get cherem for doing Yom Tov Shel Galias. And so why did you give me malchus? So Amalei, Hani Mila Inish De Alma. Those, I, the idea of cherem is referring to regular people. Here you're talking about a young yeshiva student who's chashev, and therefore the tavale avde, and therefore I did him a favor. I did him a favor by giving him the malchus. Because this is the minogaret sasral, I followed minogaret sasral, where I prefer to preserve his kavod, and only give him the malchus instead of giving him the cherem. Okay, fascinating discussion. Uh, may we be zochen not to get malchus or cherem and to learn these lessons on our own and preserve both our dignity and uh, and and our and our skin. Okay. So now, two dots, thirteen lines down. Regional plants. This is very interesting. Um, okay. So I'll I'll remind you what the mission said at the end. I'm going to read the words of the, of the end of the Mishnah and then we'll get back into here and I'll explain what's going on here. It's actually enigmatic, the statement. Literally, the Mishnah says, A person who moves um, crops from one place to the other during Shemitah, from a place where the, right, the, it, the fruits are no longer, the vegetables, I should say, are no longer in season to a place where they are, where they um, are not in season, uh, or rather where they are, to where they're, Kalu means they're no longer in season. So the place where they're no longer in season, Kalu means they stopped, right? So they are totally uh, stopped growing to a place where they have not stopped growing, right? Where they're still in season. Or you take it from a place, right, where they are still in season to a place where they're not in season. Chayv Levar, right? We said that there's an idea of Biur. Okay, so that's the first thing, right? Makam Shakalu, Makam Shalakalu. You have to burn it. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Go out and bring for yourself. Rabbi Yehuda is saying, go out and bring for yourself. In contrast to the Tanakama, nobody has any clue what Rabbi Yehuda means. 
What is he saying? What does he mean when he say go ahead and bring for yourself? Okay, so we'll take it slow, and it's actually very interesting, and uh, we learn a lot of interesting halachas from this enigmatic statement of Rabbi Yehuda. Now, just the idea, again, to review, what is going on? So, like we said, the idea of sfichin is vegetables. You have to worry about which vegetable is in season. So, different places have different seasons, even within Eretz Yisrael, right? We're talking about within Eretz Yisrael. But even within Eretz Yisrael, if you go up north, so maybe the certain vegetables are no longer in bloom while they're still in bloom in the south. So the question is, do you take Eretz Yisrael as one whole thing? Apparently not. Apparently there's different locales, we're going to be discussing it in today's daf, that Eretz Yisrael is broken up into regions. And whatever is in season in your region, you're allowed to still eat. But if, it's, if you go to another region, what if you're traveling, as so many Israelis do, either up north or down south? So if you're traveling during Shemitah, as people do, right, to a place where the fruit, let's say, are no longer in season, right? Once the fruit's no longer in season, you have v'chiv biur, so to speak, right? You have to, whatever you have that's left of that, you shouldn't be eating that anymore because there's a chashash of, of, of svichim, right? There's a chashash, uh, there was a gzeir on svichim. So what if you, let's say, up in north, uh, right, the avocado is still in season or, or whatever, the cucumber is still in season and you're going down south, the cucumber is not in season anymore. You can't be walking around eating a cucumber. So Tanakhama says you have to follow the chumrah of wherever you're going because you can't be walking around with a cucumber in a place where the cucumber is no longer in season. Okay, so when you go from one re- region to another, that's what it means. Okay, so now the other question is, what does Rabbi Huda mean when he says, save have what is that even? Where are you going and what are you bringing? So let's see. Says the Gemara. Does Rabbi not? Maybe he's saying what it says in the Mishnah. In other words, does Rabbi Yehuda not hold of this? What is he saying when he mean? What does he mean when he says Tzeve We understand the Tanakhama. The Tanakhama says wherever you are, you should just be more. You should just be machmir. So if there's some region. Right, where this fruit is no longer in season, you shouldn't be eating it. What's Rabbi Huda saying? So let's see. Can Rabbi Huda possibly argue on that fundamental minhag halacha that you follow the, the chumrah of, of both places? So let's see. Amr of Shishabreda of Yidi, Milsa Achrisi Kamar of Yidi. Shishabreda of Yidi is saying no. He's saying something totally different. And this is what he's saying. So this is, this is how you read our Mishnah. There's going to be v- several versions of how to read uh, the Tanakama and Rabbi Yudah in our Mishnah. The first is like this. If you move something from a place where the fruits are still in season to a place where the fruit... Um, right? Okay. So he says like this. The Tanakama is saying like this. If you're moving from two places where the fruits are still in season. But subsequent to that, you heard that in your original place, right, now you're in place B. But place A, where you had been, is already, the fruits are not in season. Chayev Levar. So already, the Tanakhama is saying that at that point, you have to cease eating, right? You're, in other words, you're almost like retroactively following the place that you left, even though when you left, it, the fruit was still in season, right? But, and you're now already in a new place, by virtue of the fact that you already was out of season in the place where you left from, you retroactively should no longer, right, uh, keep, you, sh- you sh- retroactively should no longer eat it because you should retroactively keep, 
right, the minog of the place that you left from. Even though it was still in season when you left, it's no longer in season now, and therefore you should stop eating uh, that cucumber. However, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, and now he's going to work it into the words, Save havelacha af atamehecha deitnayu. You can, right, bring yourself the same cucumber from the place where you brought mine. In other words, right, and therefore v'ha lo kalulahu. And they have not been depleted, in other words, right? So you, the new place. So the machlokis between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbi Shisha Baridaravidi, is do you go based on the place where you are now, or do you retroactively uh, go back to the original place in a case where the original place only went out of season once you reached your new location? Wow. And that's the case of our Mishnah. Okay, but the Gemara says, Wait, but it sounds like Rabbi Huda is, is saying it Lakula in that case, right? In other words, according to this interpretation of Shishu Breder Vidi, the Tanakhama is, is being machmer and saying that you can't eat this cucumber, and Rabbi Huda is saying, yeah, because you're in a new place and there it's still in season, you can. That can't be. Rabbi Huda should be machmer in all these cases. Well, how do we know? Rabbi Lazar said, we don't know exactly what Rabbi Huda meant when he said Seve in contrast to the Tanakama, but we know that he was more Machmer than Tanakama. So that knocks out Rav Shishabre Davidi's Pshat. Ella, the Gemara says, Epoch. No, just say it the opposite way. That Enochai of Levire, what the Tanakama is saying that you can eat the cucumber in your new location. Same case, right? It was okay when you, the cucumber was okay, let's say you, in the south, and you left, and you went up north with your cucumbers on vacation to the Kinaret, and then while you were there, you heard that in the south it was out of season, so the Tanakhama says, enjoy your cucumber in the Kinaret, it's fine, because the fruits, is, the cucumbers are still in season there, and go out and bring more of the produce from where you brought the original, uh, from, the, you brought the original cucumber, but there they've become depleted, which is his way of saying, according to this new interpretation, that if you were to bring more cucumbers now from the south, they would already at that point be out of season. And therefore, as a consequence, you should not even be allowed to eat them now, even though you're already at the Kinaret. Okay, so we just switched it around there, Rebutas Machmir. So now we're 14 lines up from the bottom of Ninbezim and Aleph, and we have another suggestion as to what the Mishnah means. Really, the case is as we thought. The original case, not a convoluted case, but a regular case, we have different regions. Right? If a person goes from a place where it's still in season to a place where it's no longer in season, that's the case. What's the case? Like this. Again, you're in the north, the cucumbers are still in season. In the south, the cucumbers have already out of season. So you live in the north. You live in Haifa, as I did for eight years. And you are going on a trip. You're going to go visit Ben-Gurion's apartment near Beersheba. So you go with the family. And at this point in Ben-Gurion's Moshav over there, the cucumbers are no longer in season. So, you're traveling, you have your cucumbers, right? And you brought a lot. You brought a lot of cucumbers. And so you're traveling, and you're munching on the cucumbers the whole way down on your donkey. 
And then you get there, you see the sites, and then you go back to your community in Haifa where the cucumbers are still in season. So Tanakama says, in of Levire. What, just because you went to, to visit Beersheva doesn't mean that you have to get rid of your cucumbers now in Haifa. Your cucumbers are still in season in Haifa. You just went to Beersheva for a visit. That's the Tanakama. Rabbi Yehuda, however, says, Rabbi Yehuda Meret, af ata mehecha deitnayu. Wow. That v'ha kaluluhu, that you have to be machmir for the place, right? Um, uh, right. So now, wait a minute. Let me make sure that I told you the, the, the right case, right? It sounds like you went to a place to, where, where they've not been pleaded to a place to become depleted. Right. So if you return to the original hometown, right? So And Rabbi Huda says that you still have to. Wow. What a chiddush. That exact, that's what it means. He says, and there they became already depleted. Right. Wow. Just by visiting. What? Just by visiting. Just by visiting. So this sounds crazy. So Ravashi, uh, gets, gets in the action accordingly and he, and he doesn't, be, and he doesn't believe it. Listen to the lashon that he says. Mat kiflo Ravashi. Ravashi attacks this shot and he says, Lord Behuda, he says, according to the Rabbi Yehuda's pshat, that just by visiting, you can no longer eat these cucumbers back in Haifa. Atu agaba de chama kaltino? He says, what's the problem? Right? You traveled from Haifa to, to Beersheva on donkey. And you're eating your, cucumber, your Haifa cucumbers that are fine. And you're traveling back to Haifa. Why can't you eat these cucumbers anymore? Did the cucumbers grow on the back of the donkey in Beersheva? That's what he's saying. Did you harvest? Right? Because the only reason why this would be a problem would be, right, if you harvested it in Beersheva, where they're no longer, right, uh, in season. And then there would be a problem. But these cucumbers didn't grow on the back of the donkey. They were just in the car with you the whole time. What's the matter? So, no. El-Amr Ravashi, Ravashi says, that can't be the pshat. So we knock out a bias pshat in the, in the Mishnah. It's really a, a um, right, a perplexing pshat. He says, the The machlokas is about this. This is the machlokas tonight here. They're actually taking... Sides on the following machlokas in Maseches Shvius. It's not because the Mishnah says, "Hakoyves shlosha kvashim bechaves achar." Now we're talking a totally different pshat. You are pickling right three different types of vegetables in one barrel. Rabbi Eliezer Omer Ochlin al Harishon. So now these three are going to all go out of season right at a different time. So Rabbi Eliezer says. Whichever one, right? Because once it's pickled, it turns into a compote, Andrew. Did you uh, grow up knowing the word compote? All right, so once, once it's pickled, it turns into one mush. So therefore, the first vegetable that goes out of season, let's say, right, there's a right, zucchini in there, and that's the first to go out of season. So if there's zucchini in this compote, so then right away, uh, the whole thing is going to become, uh, uh, going to have a chi of beer on it. So again, the, the first sheet on the Mishnah is Ochlin ala Rishon, right? That as soon as the first, right, th- uh, ingredient in this three ingredient, uh, in this three bean salad, as it were, as soon as the first ingredient goes out, you can no longer eat the whole thing. Rabbi Shur is the most mekel. He says you could wait until the last one. So in, uh, the last one is still in season. We're going to say it's based on that last one. And we could eat the rest of it. Big kula. And Ram Gamliel Aimer calls Shakala Mino Minasada Yavar Mino Min Ha Chavis. 
that somehow they're pickled, but they're still individual in the barrel, right? They're not turned into a giant mush, but they're actually, so you can still uh, distinguish them. And then all you have to do is like start picking out the ones. As, As each vegetable goes out of season, that becomes inedible, and that's what you have to take out. Okay. So now the suggestion, right, of Ravashi is that the Tanakama is going to agree over here with Rabbi Yeshua, because the Tanakama is going to say, it's going to be Mekil, right? It's going to say that, that you can have it. How, how so? How so? So, so Rashi is going to have to explain a little bit over here, because he says the Mishnah Kalu. Kalu means, Rashi says, Alarishon, it's the last of the middle lines. Asmach Harishon Lios Kala Right, that he's going to say that the word kalu, right, means that until the last vegetable has become out of season, that is what the Tanakhama means when it says kalu in our Mishnah. He's referring to the pshat of Rabbi Yeshua, who's mekil, that you can wait until the last vegetable is out of season. And Rabbi Yehuda holds like Rabbi Gamliel, right? Because Rabbi Yehuda, when he says, right, his word is tsevehave, he means take out each individual vegetable as it goes out of season. So you have to read a lot into, into here, right? Uh, but they're working on the lushan of kalu versus tsevehave. Isn't that amazing? Okay. And that is the pshat in our Mishnah. The pshat is our, in our Mishnah is a reflection of this machlokes, Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Gamliel in the Mishnah in Shviyas. The halacha kedvarv, and the halacha here is like Rabbi Gamliel, uh, which is like Rabbi Yehuda. Kol shekolaminu min asade, right? That at, like, which is like Rabbi Yehuda, which is like Rabbi Gamliel, which is you have to pick out each one individually. Wow, that is pshat number I don't know, like three. Okay, now pshat number four. Uh, Ravina Amar, and here again we're going to play on the word kalu versus tsevehave. But look at the high tonight. It's a machlokas on the following brisa. It's not. Eating the dates of the palm tree. But it's all the same topic, right? So when we're talking about when you can no longer eat the dates, okay, at what point is that considered, this is Shriyas, at what point is that no longer considered edible? There's a city called Tsar, which was lined with palm trees everywhere. And so you could eat dates until in the region, right? This obviously, it, we're going to see it is regionally dependent, but you can eat dates in the region until the last date is, is gone in the city of Tar. As we turn to Nunbez and Bez at 6.08 a.m., you can still eat the dates based on when they're still in the palm branches. But not when they're stuck between the thorns. This becomes relevant. This becomes, this is uh, more Allah than you would think. Basically, what goes on here is, as the dates fall off the trees, right, and they're no longer in season, so first they fall and they stick on the branches. Now, when they're on the branches, some animals can still eat them and they're still a little bit more edible. At a later stage of degradation, so to speak, later in the season, they start falling off the branches and now they're in the thorns below. Now, when they're in the thorns, the animals can't eat them. That becomes relevant. We'll see over here that we judge, right, whether something is truly out of season based on whether animals can no longer eat it. And the point is, at that later stage, when the dates are stuck in the thorns, the animals can no longer eat it, therefore we can no longer eat it. Okay. 
And based off of that, we're going to launch now two lines down in Beis and Beis into the topic of this idea of being within the thorns. By the way, what did that have to do? Um, what did that have to do with the Mishnah? So that's that's what the Mefarshim explained that the Mishnah Kalu the Tanakama Kalu means until all the dates are gone, until all the dates are completely gone. That is Mekil, right? We said Rebuta has to be Machmir. So Kalu means until they're gone completely, even from between the thorns. And Seve means that you could sur- safely plunk them out from the branches. That's when they become out of season. So he's Machmir. In other words, he's saying you don't, you can't wait until they're all gone from between the thorns because they will eventually also, they're biodegradable. So they'll eventually disappear from between the thorns also. But no, as, lo- as soon as they're out of the branches and you can't safely pluck them anymore, save a have. Once you can't take them out of there anymore, then they're already going to be considered out of season. And that is when the Zman beer is for those dates. Okay. So that is incredible, right? How we're fitting the, the language of our Mishnah back into these Bryces and Mishnayas elsewhere with regards to Shavias. Really, really uh, fascinating, I thought. Okay. So now, let's go. It's not Hassam. The Mishnah Shavias explains. Shalash Artsos Labir. That there's three different regions, right, when it comes to the seasons within Eretz Yisrael. You have the Yehuda, the Ever HaYaradein, the Galil. Right? So you have the Ever HaYaradein area. Right? It's all supposed to be part of Israel. This is a political statement. I have to say, the whole shear is Le'il and Nishmas Rav Chaim Zevmelinowitz, right? So what was his practice in Shemitah? He actually had a very unique practice. He was a very unique individual. So in Israel, a salad is a political statement, big time, during Shavias, like a really big one. What do I mean? Well, how do you eat salad during Shemitah? So there was like three, the two most common ways, you know, assuming you're keeping Shemitah, Bezrat Hashem, so the first is, let's say, the Haredi world is going to do Yavul Nachri, right? They just go and they get it from like ne- the next door, the Arabs, right? They, then you don't have to deal with Shemitah, right? Because you're not taking it, you're not working the land. You get it from the Arabs next door. The Datilu Mi, that's the last thing they would do. Literally, they would sooner not eat vegetables, right? Because you're supporting like the Intifada, right? They would never, the last thing they would do is support the Arabs and buy fruits and vegetables from them. So there's something called Heter Mechira, right? Heter Mechira was something established uh, early on in the establishment of the state that allowed the farmers to really work the land because they like sold the land. Uh, but you could say it's, it's, a, it's a type of sale to the Gaim and enabled them to survive throughout Shemitah. All right. Now, to the Haredim, the idea of Heter Mechira is as offensive to them as the idea of eating Yivol Nochri is to the Datilu Mi. So literally, like if you're eating the salad, if you're if it's hetzer mechira, then you're offending somebody very much, and they'll tell you that you're chazer treif. And if it's yivul nachri, then you're offending somebody very much, and they say that you're like a rotzeach. I mean, it gets very intense. Okay. So Melinowitz, he was a very big proponent of something called oitzer bezdin. Oitzer bezdin is a different thing. Uh, we see right that we have different regions, and different things go out of season in different regions. So let's assume that you consider Eretz Yisrael as kind of like um, one region. Let's assume you don't, ha- you don't hold um, like the Chumrah that you have to be machmel and makom shiyotza misham, right? Let's assume that whatever is in season, if you could access it, you can eat it. Okay, so the Oitzah Bezdin says like this. It's very inefficient, right? Like for people to go and get the stuff from different places, 
right? Because maybe stuff is going to be rotting when it's in season somewhere. Just like they say, you know, towards the end of his life, I think it was um, Shimon Perez used to say, if you look statistically at cars, so a typical car is only used like 10% of its lifespan, right? Because you're just taking it like Barry, right? Usually it's not on sway, even though he drives a long distance to work to Pennsylvania, right? Most of the time it's sitting here in, in Bnei Jacob Shari Zion or in front of his house or at work in Pennsylvania. So even though he's considered somebody who uses his car a lot, maybe his car uses 15% of its time. Less. Okay. So, so the idea was, well, Nobody should own cars. It just should be wherever you go. The car should be waiting for you and all cars should be in motion at all times. So similarly, with the Oitzer Bezdin, they said, get the Bezdin, right? It's more complicated than this, but basically, Bezdin has the authority to collect all the fruits and vegetables, collect all the vegetables and distribute them. Now, you can't do schayra with Paris Shvius. You can't with Svichin. With, with, with all the Shvius thing, you're not allowed to sell. But you are allowed to charge for the gathering and the distribution. So we're going to have Bezdin officially in part of this community where everyone kind of chips in and we're all harvesting the fruit. Again, we're not, we're not obviously working the land, but you're collecting the fruit and distributing them in the supermarket. So you go to the supermarket and it's Yuvul Nachri. I mean, I'm sorry, you go to the supermarket and it says Otsa Bezdin. Like you went to the supermarket in Rappe Chemesh and it said these are Otsa Bezdin, which is amazing. That means that those vegetables, you have to be careful about Kedusha Shvius, right? You can't, you can't burn it. You can't, right? You, you can't, uh, you have to dispose of it properly, right? You can't, um, just throw it out, you know. So it had the Kedusha of Shvius. However, you were buying it like you would buy regular produce. It's just that you're paying for the, uh, distribution. Okay. So that was a fascinating, uh, concept of Aitzabezdin, of uh, Ramalinowitz. So that was typical of Ramalinowitz, that he felt you have to feel the Shvius, right? The, you know, like, Yivul Nachri. Is that really what they meant when they gave the mitzvah of Shvius in, in Har Sinai? That's what Hashem had in mind? So he was very, uh, he wanted us to, to understand the spirit of the law. And, and sure enough, we did, because it's not like in, in Trader Joe's or wherever, where you go and every fruit's in season all the time. In other words, we had to, we only had certain fruits available. There'd be like an email that would go out. Oh, by the way, cucumbers are, are available now. We could eat cucumbers this part of the year. Right? And this part, this vegetable is available now. And we were aware of what vegetables were in bloom uh, at which part of the year because that was what we were allowed to collect. It was fascinating. Anyway. So everybody was eating the same stuff at the same time. Anyways. So. Okay. So there were three regions, right? Yehuda, Eber, Yard, and Galil. Vesholash, Artsas, Bukal, Achas, Vachas. And then each three, each of the three regions had three sub-regions. Velama, Amr, Shalash, Artsas, Lavir. So then, wait a minute. Why are we doing three subdivisions if really there's nine? So he says, no, shall you ochlin bechol achas ve'achas achiichla ahachor and shabbat. That even though technically there are nine regions, three, uh, subdivisions within three regions, um, really you would, you would go within re- within each region, you would go with whichever was the last subregion to have that, that in bloom. So that's how you break it down, right? Because you can really get granular. You're not going to go from, like orchard to orchard, so to speak, from, from, uh, right, farm to farm, you just do it by the regions. The Gemara asks, Minan Mili, where do we know all of this? How do we know? These are like in Yanim that are very important, La Lacha, but where's the source? Amar of Chama Baruch, Amar Biosiba Chanina, Amar Kwar, the Pasuk says, Vilivim Techa, Ulchaya Sherbat Secha. That's a Pasuk by Shviz. It says, Vilivim Techa, Ulchaya Sherbat Secha, Tie Kol Tuva Sale Chol, Tsimvayikra Chafe. Okay, so what does it mean? Calls man shechayau chelas min asadeh achel behemish abayis. Aha, 
There's wild animals and domesticated animals. So this is where we get that thing before from the dates. As long as the animals are able to eat it out in the fields, that's when you can feed it to your domestic animal, which is to say, that's how you judge whether you yourself can use it. Once the animals, once the produce is no longer available to a wild animal in that region, it's already no longer available for you. Ugumiri, and we have a, a tradition. Right? And the idea of dividing into regions is born out of the fact that we know that different animals Right, live on different kind of produce depending on their region. So just like there's regional animals eating regional fruits and vegetables, uh, so too we have different regions with regards to the seasons. Wow. Okay, now, where are you supposed to burn it? 13 lines down in Bezan Bez, Tanarbanan. This is also very lachlamaisa. If you're in Chutzlaritz and you see that you're getting wine that's, that's coming from Eretz Israel and you know that that year was Shemitah. <laughs> So you have to you have to deal with that. Do you have to deal with that, right? Um, you can't just pour it down the sink. So if stuff came out of Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlarts, mitzabrin b'chol makom shehen. So one idea is so so the shaila of whether it has to be whether you have to do beer or not is not the question. The, the question, amazingly enough, is do you have to go back? Do you have to go visit Eretz Yisrael to do the beer? That's the question. Look at this. The first, the Tanakam over here says, Wherever you are, so you're in Baltimore, you, you'll, you'll do the beer on the Shemitah, you'll dispose of it properly. You have to go back to Eretz Yisrael and do the beer there. Why? Because that's what the Pasuk says. Go dispose of it in your land. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. But you already used that Pasuk. You already used that Pasuk just now to teach you the different regions. So the Gemara says, no, Kribe Be'aretz Be'artzacha. It says Be'aretz and Be'artzacha. So, so first of all, it's not redundant, and therefore, rather, we're not using that one idea of Be'artzacha for both ideas. We use one aspect of the Pasuk to teach you the different regions, the other, that you have to go back to Eretz Yisrael to get rid of it, or Inami Me'asher Be'artzacha. The word Asher is teaching you. Wow. Uh, what's the... What's in fact the halacha? So let's see, 16 lines down. Rav Safar, Nafak, Meretz, Yisrael, Chutzlaretz. Rav Safar is back. Rav Safar went, right, out to Chutzlaretz from Eretz Yisrael. Havi behadei garba de chamer de shviyas. And he had his keg of Shemitah wine. Okay. Lavu behadei Rav Huna, Breda, Rav Ika, Rav Kahana. And he was going with his buddies. Rav Huna, Breda, Rav Ika, and Rav Kahana. They're all going on this journey to Chutzlaretz for the Pesach program. And they have their Shemitah wine. So Amar lahu. Is there anyone here who heard from our Rebbe? He was, he was all of their Rebbe. Anybody heard about what we're supposed to do with this wine? Are we supposed to be, what, burning this, going back there to Israel when we get rid of this? So if Kahana had recalled that the halacha was like Rav Shimon ben Elazar. Uh-oh. The two Talmidim had two different recollections of Shear. Rav Kahana one way, Rav Huna the other way. Rav Safra, Nakot HaKlalak Rav Huna Biyadach. We know Rav Kahana was one of the biggest, right, Tamida Chachamim that we had ever seen, and we had already seen throughout the Gemara, uh, incredible, incredible uh, um, aplomb for Rav Kahana, but Rav Huna was known as the most meticulous in Shear. Anything Rav Huna said, that was like, that had to have been the word. Why? The Dayak V'gamr Shmaisa Samipuma Derabe. Rav, Rav Huna was known as having the best notes in Shear. 
I should tell you that I'm a contemporary of, of Rav Shalom Rosner, the great Dafyomi master, and we were in yeshiva together, and his notes were the Ravuna notes. Rav Shalom Rosner's notes of Shia were considered the definitive notes. And it's no surprise that he became Rav Shalom Rosner. Anyway, Karachava de Pumpadisa, and also Rav Pumpadisa. So that's what Rashi says. Rav de Pumpadisa, right? So he also said, and this you might recall when we were discussing the idea of Itztaba in the Brachas, in Masechus Brachas, the Amar Rochava Yehuda, Har Stav Kafulha. Right then, Har had a double row of benches, Stav Lifnim Nistav. And the row of benches was a row within a row. Well, the normal way of saying it was Itztaba, which sounds like Stav. Uh, however, he Dafka wrote Stav because that's what the Rebbe said. So that's what he wrote. In other words, he was very medactic. As Rashi says over here, right? As soon as he heard it, medactic He said, say it again, say it again. Until he got it clear, he would ask until he knew for certain that he knew what Pshat was. And he wanted to, to determine Allah accordingly. Wow. Okay, so. Usafar went with Rafunov's Pshat, which is the more Mekil Pshat. Right, that the halacha is not like Rav Shimon Lazar, which means you can get rid of it in Chutzlar, it's too. You don't have to go back to Eretz Yisrael to do the beer on the Shemitah wine. So, so to this, Rabbi Yosef said a play on words, a pun, almost a joke, if you will. See if this cracks you up. This is a real knee slapper. Here we go. Ami lumaklo yagid lo. Okay, a play on words, a pasuk from Hosea. So the Pashup shot is, my people ask for wood, and the staff declares onto it. The, the plain meaning is that they believed in, right, Avodazar, made out of wood, that the people wanted to, right, they, they were looking to the wood for, like, guidance, so to speak. And, however, they're going to be, right, they're going to be sort of, sort of um, right, and so it's, it's um, making fun uh, I guess you should say, or uh, at least talking derogatory about the nation that Khalila turned to Avodah Zara. However, when you play with the words, Ami yishalu maklo yaglilo, so Eitzo sounds like Eitzo, Maklo sounds like Kula. So he says of the Pasuk like a joke, Kol hamekilo magidlo. Yeah, whoever, he, he, he holds like Ravuna because he has the best notes. I don't know. Whoever, Whoever is Mekil, that's what speaks to him. Okay? So he was saying, right, that just because Ravuna was Mekil, that's, that's why he went with him. It was a play on word because he said he asked an Eitzah and he got a Kula, and that's what he was looking for. But the Pasuk doesn't mean that. It just means that they turned to a Vodazar of wood. Okay. Wow, amazing pun. You guys, come, somebody pick up Kamen off the floor. He's losing it. Okay, 14 lines up from the bottom. Talking about, again, uh, pro, uh, destroying Shemitah produce. I see that we are running out of time, so we'll start over here uh, tomorrow, 14 lines up from the bottom of Nenbeis Amidbeis. But it was worth it to explain the joke, right?